Genesis. Chapter 35. And I'm going to lead off from the verse of Scripture that Brother Jesse read this morning in verse 21. How many likes to eat? <laughs> I uh, grew up, my mother was a wonderful cook, and my wife is an amazing cook. I would, I would say that they are the best short order cooks that I know. Amen. My wife, I have gone, to, gone home and opened the cupboard and saw to my eyes, spices and sugar, and said, well, there's nothing in the house to eat. What are we going to eat? And she goes in there, and in 15 minutes, and I mean you 15 minutes, she whips up a meal and says, okay, dinner is ready. And I'm thinking, what, a sandwich? <laughs> I go in there, and she's whipped up something, and I said, well, I didn't see this in the cupboard. She said it was there. I said, what's the recipe and what's it called? She, she says, I don't know. I just put some stuff together. <laughs> and, and it is amazing. I said, can you do that again? She said, I don't know if I could do that again. And so I've had a lot of, uh, well, unique <laughs> meals that I've never had before or since. But they've been wonderful. But then I've gone to some uh, places where... I remember still what I have eaten. Uh, I, I, I'm not tempted by sugary desserts. Some people might be tempted by pies and cakes, and that's not me. Uh, I can walk by a whole cake and look at it and just keep on going. I do like them, but they're not my temptation. But if I, you take me to a Brazilian meat restaurant, I go, I, I, you can roll me out of there. I, I like uh, to eat meats, and so I remember brother and sister Karen, uh, brother and sister, brother and sister Karen, brother brother Josh, the same, <laughs> took us to a Brazilian restaurant, and I just ate and ate and ate and ate, and I, I was getting embarrassed because I was eating so much, and uh, I, I remember that meal, brother, brother Martin, do you do you remember the meal we went to in Hong Kong, that special Chinese food that they took us to, that that oh yeah. I, I remember, and that was wonderful. Now, I don't think my father enjoyed it as much, uh, but uh, I, I, yeah, I remember it. But there are some preaching, there are some messages that I really remember. I, uh, I've heard some preaching that has been outstanding, and these individuals, I would call them spiritual chefs. They know how to put it together that is spectacular in its presentation, display, and taste. But then there are, I, I, you cannot live on those. It's not possible. NAYC is wonderful, but you cannot sustain yes. NAYC. It's right. not sustainable. Right. It's like going to a special restaurant where you eat a wonderful meal and you think about that meal for days to come, thinking, man, wasn't that good? Uh, do, did you remember? I remember we went to a, 
a seafood bar one time. I can still, it was years ago, and I, they had every type of seafood. I thought, well, I have just died and gone to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I like seafood, and it was wonderful, and I still remember it today, but it's not possible for me to, to live at that seafood bar. I, uh, one man said, to, why, is it, why is it so important that we go to church three times a week? And I said, well, why is it so important that you eat three times a day? And I said, they, they said, it's not, it's not a lot that we can remember. I said, well, tell me what you had for, to, for dinner last Wednesday. Can you do it? Maybe some of you are thinking right now, but you can't remember what you ate last Wednesday. But it sustained you and gave you life. So that's what we're doing here right now. We're not going to a buffet. This is not NAYC. We're having meat and potatoes tonight. Amen. And you can have as much meat and you can have as much potatoes as you want. And we've got corn on the cob. And I hope you're not hungry if you are. Just hold your seat. Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 35 In verse 19, and Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrathah, which is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. It is told us that character is set by three years of age. Three years old. It is very important how a child is reared and tended to in the first three years of their existence here on earth because their character is set. We see that from the world and we understand why people act like they do because it is hardwired into their DNA from three years of age. There is a difference, though. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. So when you come into the church, when you are born again, there is a whole change that should, everybody say should, should. that should take place in your life. Amen. It's not just a spiritual experience. There should take place a change that takes over your whole being. Everything about you should change. You should not remain the person that you were. Meaning, if you were a thief before you came to church, you suddenly become an honest person. Amen? There is a change. Paul expected believers in the New Testament to have a change. It just wasn't something that there was mentally assented in their life. Their whole life changed when they came to church. But sometimes people... Uh, get crossways and things happen in their life and they have setbacks and they uh, don't 
fully uh, receive the revelation that their life has been completely changed. And tonight, I want to help you. You see, we, Brother Jesse talked about a man named Jacob. And Jacob was not a person that I would want to do business with. Jacob was a liar and he would steal from you. He would take you any way that he could. He was an individual that was always looking for an angle. He was always looking for a way to to capitalize on perhaps your impoverishment. Uh, He didn't care if he took you. And we find this if you read the story of Jacob uh, that he was a very cunning individual. You might be cunning but there's something Somebody out there that is more, has a greater ability that is smarter and is more cunning than you. And you might as well turn your heart and life over to Jesus Christ and get your life on the right road so that you can be a productive citizen in the kingdom. I, I, uh, Brother Jesse pointed out, and I have seen this in the past uh, in my reading of this passage of the book of Genesis, how that God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel, meaning instead of being surplanter, instead of meaning colloquially con artist or con man, he changed his name to, to a prince with God. But sometimes it doesn't always take immediately. You have to keep at it. You have to keep going forward. And sometimes you have to go backwards and make some things right before things go forward in the meantime. If you look at Jacob's life here, it didn't really change until he made things right with his brother. God is not going to let you pass go. God is not going to let you grow. He is not going to cause you to excel if you do not take care of situations in your past. If you don't put it under the blood and make it right, God will not exalt you. If you allow yourself to get proud and build a shell around something that you have partaken of in the past and not taken care of it, God will cause you to stay in the same place and you'll keep spinning your wheels and you'll keep spinning your wheels and wondering why you're never going forward, that's because you have to take care of some things in your past. This is so very important that we see this in rebranding ourselves. Amen. Somebody told me one time, they said, Pastor, I want to start over. And I said, well, I've got some keys for you to start over. There are some things that you need to take care of. There are some issues that you need to settle once and for all in your mind. You need to go back and make restitution. The Bible says if you stole, you should steal no more. But if you stole from somebody, you should take what you stole back to them and restore it. Whether it is an individual or a corporation or the government, you've got to get yourself made right. You know, moving to a new place and trying to cover up something that, that is in the past will not work for you. I want to give you some pointers here. Moses refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, in the past, Moses had said, you know who I am. You know who I'm related to. You know, I'm I'm, uh, 
Pharaoh's grandson and he pulled that out all the time and if you constantly pull out what you were when you were in the world you know if God saved you from being a drug addict uh, that's what it needs to be God saved you from it don't mention it again leave it in the past because God has put it under the blood if God saved you from being an alcoholic it's in the past if God saved you from being a lesbian put it in the past if God saved you from being a homosexual put it in the past and put it under the blood and change your life. If you didn't pay your bills before and you came to God, now's the time to start paying your bills. Amen. Hallelujah. He refused. He said, No, that's what I used to be, but I'm not that man anymore. I'm not that individual anymore. You know, to make a change in your life, uh, there are some things that you have to re refuse. Uh, I know we call Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus, uh, but after Jesus touched him, uh, he was no longer blind Bartimaeus. Uh, he was just Bartimaeus. Uh, you've got to get the title. You've got to get the action out of your life. You know what? God had to work on Moses before Moses could work on the nation of Israel who were a nation of slaves to change them from being slaves to children of promise. You can't minister to someone if you're not right yourself. You can lay hands on people all you want and that doesn't change you. You've got to accept what God has said about you and change your life. And if you're a sinner, stop sinning. Amen? Amen. This is meat and potatoes. Yes. Hallelujah. You've got to deal with sin. You've got to say, I'm no longer the son of grandson of Pharaoh I'm no longer going to hold on to my mama her skirt tail now I, God has called me to do something if your daddy abused you you need to get over it amen if your mama abused you you need to get over it amen you say well I, I'm not saying just forget about it because sometimes you can't just forget about it you need to put it under the blood and say I'm no longer going to be identified with that old things are passed away and behold all things have become new if God has delivered you from drugs you're no longer a drug addict You're no longer a slave to sin, but you are a child of God. He has set you in heavenly places. I can't say this enough. I hear people saying, well, I do this because this happened in my life. You need to look forward in Jesus Christ. You need to accept the grace of God and stop pointing back to what happened to you. I can, I can imagine some of the people of Israel 
Uh, they weren't called Israel then. It was just a motley crew. The Bible says uh, it was all kinds of people. There was Egyptians and people that were related to, to Israel and others that were not. It was just a, they were all slaves uh, and I can imagine uh, someone saying to another person they're out in the desert do you remember that slave master how he used to beat us and how he used to mistreat us and how he kicked us when we were down and constantly you can't constantly refer to what happened to you when the devil had control of your life you've got to give victory you've got to say I am victorious in Jesus Christ some of you need to shout amen. You're not believing me. You know what they said about the grave of Jesus? Show us where you have laid him. Show us where you stopped believing. Huh? Come on. Show us where you, you need to uh, say to yourself, uh, that's where I stopped believing. You need to start believing again. Such were some of you, the Bible says. Amen. Deal with sin and division. Hezekiah, upon ascending the throne, commanded the Levites to rededicate themselves to the proper holiness and worship at the temple. A lot of things had happened. Hezekiah said, we're going to start over. We're going to start over. You're all living lax. You're all living in the past. We're going to start. A, we're going to rededicate ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, some of you aren't shouting so high now. Come on. I'm preaching to you tonight. This is meat and potatoes. Pass the carrots. Give me a little corn. Amen. We live in corn country. Hezekiah said, we're going to rededicate ourselves. You've let down. You've fallen away. You're, you're going a different direction. Amen. You know what you need a good pastor for to say, hey, listen, you're letting down and you're falling away and you're going a different direction. It takes a lot of energy for a man and a woman, a, a pastor and a pastor's wife uh, to keep the church chugging forward. Somebody said, well, why are you so vigilant about things? Because I like to have good church. And I know if I let things go, we won't have good church anymore. It's that simple. Let me tell you that again. I like to have good church. I like to have wonderful services. And if I let things go, we won't have good church and wonderful services anymore. I've been in this a long time. I think I know what I'm doing. I'm vigilant. I say, oh, no, brother, sister, you got to line up. Come on, get yourself together. Why? Because I'm looking out for the service. This is the most important part of the service. People coming to worship God and live for God and get saved. If we don't have good church, people aren't going to get saved. And we might as well sell the building, pack up, and go home if people don't get saved. Josiah. This great king 
upon discovering the lost law of God, repented and removed. Everybody say removed. Removed everything that was contrary to the law and reinstated godly worship and reverence. The Bible says that when Josiah heard the reading of the law, he tore his clothes and he said, we are doomed. God is going to judge us. And he had a revival in Israel that matched no other revival. No other revival matched that revival. Return to true apostolic worship and the word. Amen. It's the word of God. You know what I'm preaching tonight? It's the word. I hope some of you are taking notes. It's the word. This is how you're going to be saved. You know, it's those three squares a day. I couldn't tell you what my wife fixed for dinner last Tuesday, but I know it helped me stay alive. Uh, my belly wasn't saying to my backbone, thanks for nothing. I, I, every time I swallowed, I, I, I felt good about what I ate. I can't remember what I ate, but I know it was healthy for me. If all I ate was square donuts or whatever they're called now, I wouldn't be uh, probably up here ministering to you. I can't just eat cream puffs all the time. Some, of the, some people, all they want to listen to is the, just tell me something good, preacher. Tell me something good. I, how many like spinach? I like spinach. I really like spinach. I like fresh spinach. Most of all, not canned, but I like fresh. Uh, and uh, my, I, I got my kids, they liked it like candy. And, and uh, we'd almost fight over who ha had, you know, that sacred little bit that was in the pot. You know, that, that spoonful or a half a spoonful. That's mine. No, that's mine. And so, you know, flipping a coin for it and all that stuff, you know. Spinach, yeah. Why? Because you developed a taste for good things. When you come to church day in and day out and hear good preaching, you develop a taste and thirst for good things. I can't live on cream puffs. I can't live on just tell me a pie in the sky. I've got to have something that will give me sustenance for the journey. I, I, I like to get up in the morning and make oatmeal. How many likes oatmeal in the morning? I, get my, I, I, I make a good batch of oatmeal. I like my oatmeal dry, meaning I don't like it sloppy. I, and uh, I, I it put it in the bowl and I, I get, put me a little brown sugar and, some, and milk on there and uh, have me a cup of coffee. And, and I say to myself, this is what I say, man, this is a good meal that will take me through the day. Amen. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm preaching to you a good meal that will take you through the day, through the hard times. But you can get up and eat a piece of cake that you left over from last night. Come about noon, your belly's going to be growling saying, I need some real food down there, not just sugar. Come on now. I'm going to give you another point. Elijah showed Israel the God that answered by fire. The God that answered by fire. There's a lot of gods out there. 
There's a lot of preachers out there. There's a lot of people talking stuff and spouting spiritual things. But it's not a God that will answer by fire. I'm talking to you about the one true living God. I'm talking to you about the name of Jesus. I'm talking to you about being baptized in his name. I'm talking to you about the gospel. See what the gospel, the good news will do. It'll put meat on your bones. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You know, you've got to be what you envision. You've got to be what you envision yourself to be. You act and do today what the church you envision will act and do. I, you know, I hear people say, we're, we're going to have revival. No, we're not. We're in revival. Amen. We're in revival. The church is in. This is a revival church. We are in revival. Things are happening. People are being healed. People are being blessed. This is all part of revival. Sometimes we develop this unusual context of what revival is. We get this romanticized version of what revival is. And, or we have read a report. Just because it happened there doesn't mean it will happen like that here. Amen? This is a different place. This is a different time. But we are in revival. So if you'll accept and receive the revival that God is giving, you will be blessed greater. I think of what I said to Brother Connor this morning. I was listening to him play the drums, and I went up to him. I said, Brother Connor, your drumming is, your drum playing is getting really good. I said, you know, it's really blessed, and, and I... I'm impressed by how far you've come and so forth and so on. And, and we talked just momentarily and briefly, and then I talk, was talking to Sister Carmel about how the priests in the Old Testament, they wore linen undergarments. And the reason they wore linen undergarments is so that when they were serving in the temple, they would not sweat. They had all these clothes on and these heavy garments and, and especially in the heat of the sun or in the heat of the summer, uh, I'm sure that they would perspire. But linen has a, a wicking property that most uh, uh, materials do not have and, and it will wick sweat away from the skin and, and keep your skin cool. And when you worship and when you lead in worship, uh, if you'll stay cool and not anxious, be anxious or not be fearful, the presence of the Lord will come through in a greater way. Uh, you'll find the anointing will flow in your life. Uh, if you're not full of fear and anxious, uh, and this is a key for some of you uh, that are wanting to work with God, if you'll just be cool, calm, and collect uh, and allow God to flow through your life. Brother Connor said, you know, I find out I'm, I'm playing better if I just practice a few minutes rather than practicing for three hours. And I said, yeah, when you practice for three hours, it becomes predicated on your ability. You say to yourself, whether you say it out loud or not, or even say it in your mind, but you're thinking it, I should be pretty good because I practice for three hours. And, uh, and rather than for 15 minutes or 20 minutes uh, or understanding what you should be doing to play the song and allowing God to flow through you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't put in the time. You'll have to put in the time 
But when you allow God's Spirit to flow through you and you're not full of anxiety and fear and anxiousness about what the past or the future, God will begin to flow in your life. I don't know if you got that tonight, but that was a good point. And I'm telling you, you should get it because some of you are so anxious about the past. And some of you are so anxious about the future that God will never flow through your life because he will not overpower you. He's not going to push you aside. We're not robots. God has to flow through us. I decided I was going to be a little bit of an electrician the other day. And uh, I don't know anything about electricity other than flipping the switch on and off. <clears throat> Maybe I should uh, study it a little bit more if I'm going to be pulling switches out of the wall and doing things, you know. So I thought, well, this doesn't look too hard. You know, have you ever said that to yourself? This doesn't look too hard. You know, it looks pretty simple. So I yanked the switch out of the wall, and I looked at it. I studied it for a minute, and there were more wires than I was expecting coming out of the back of that receptacle. And uh, the receptacle that I had was different from this receptacle because this receptacle was very old. It looked like it would been, had been put in in the 1940s, and this one here was brand new. And, and you know, uh, it didn't look the same. But I said, how hard can it be? <laughs> uh, you know, if I just connect this wire with this nut, and, and, and well, I did all that, and, and nothing worked. <laughs> Go figure, huh? And I mean, I flipped the switch, and, and something said to me, well, you can flip that switch as much as you want. It still doesn't make power. Go to the lights. So I pulled it all apart and, and did it again, and uh, sweats, run, uh, sweats rolling down my forehead because I'm thinking, you know, i got to have this light working tonight. <laughs> People are going to come home, and uh, we'll want the light on. And, and uh, so I, I, I rewired it to how I thought it would be, and it still wasn't working, and you know what I finally did? I finally got the old piece that I was trying to repair, and I put it back together, and I said, well, that's how it's going to have to be for right now. Oh, and when I put it back together, I noticed when I went to, it was a three- or four-way switch. I don't know what I think, a three-way switch. I, I can't get one of the switches to work. And I said, well, you know what? We're just going to pray over it. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father, you see this third switch is the other two is twin, and Somehow I've got something wrong, Lord, but I don't want, I got the light to work it. And so we're just going to have to walk over here and turn it on instead of turning it on over there. You know, isn't that how some of us are? Instead of trying to figure it out what God wants us to do, we still try to muddle through a mess. Oh, Hallelujah. Nehemiah refused to compromise his conviction. They said the wall couldn't be built. He said, well, I'm, not, I'm a cupbearer by trade. I minister in the, to the king back in Persia. But God gave me a vision, so I'm going to learn how to do it. The scripture says you, you should read through and read how many different types of uh, 
artisans of various skills and trades were involved in bricklaying and block laying. There weren't many that were skilled in this trade. There were some people who were skilled in, in uh, woodworking and, and others that were skilled in jewelry making, but they didn't know anything about laying block and building forms and, and uh, uh, raising scaffolding. But the Bible says that Nehemiah had a mind to work and he enforced that working will on the people that had said to him, we're behind you, Nehemiah. We believe that what you are doing is the will of God. It got so bad that the enemy was attacking them. He said, well, I'll tell you what, we're not going to stop working. That's what the enemy wants us to do. The enemy wants us to stop working. He said, but you'll have to work with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. And uh, they, they said, well, that didn't work. Uh, let's see if we can get Nehemiah to come over here and have a little discussion. And he said, no, I'm not going to go meet you. I've got things to do. If you want to meet me, come on up here and meet me. They, they had plans to try to stop Nehemiah's work. And one man said, I, I really have a holy word from God. I want you to come into the temple and hear the holy word from God. And Nehemiah said, I'm not a priest. I'm not a Levite. It's not legal and right for me to go into the temple. I'm not going. God called me to build a wall and this is what I'm going to build. I'm not going to be distracted. I've got a goal in life and I'm going to be successful for the kingdom of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. So if you envision an apostolic church filled with holy people of God, then climb that wall. Amen. That's what you want. I'll say it again. Having good church and having Holy Ghost Church is the apex of this church. It's not departments. It's not raising funds for, for peanut brittle. We need all those things. Those All those things are just periphery. Amen. All those things are auxiliary, but the engine is right here. This is what drives a church. The preaching and the worship and keeps us going forward. If we ever lose sight and focus of that, we are done. Because there are a lot of other churches that have a whole lot more money than we do and have programs and departments upon departments and staff. They have so many staff, they've got staff infection. They've got people everywhere. And if we think that we're going to mimic them and copy them, we are mistaken. This is what keeps us different. This is what keeps us going forward. This right here. And I'm going to protect this right here. Departments come. Departments go. Positions come. Positions go. We can raise peanut brittle money or not. And we need it, so we're going to raise it. But this is the most important thing, is changing people's lives and keeping worship going forward. Reproduce. Visionary pastors reproduce themselves at every level. 
Paul's vision was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and plant new churches and develop preachers who would preach the gospel and plant new churches and develop preachers who would preach the gospel and plant new churches. Amen? And develop preachers who would preach the gospel and plant new churches. You see, that's the sum total of what we are here for, is to preach the gospel. And these young people here receive the call, and they go out. They're in enough time. They will go out and be successful. Amen? Don't hinder them from being successful. Parents, don't hinder your children from being successful. I know you want to hold them close because you need them, but the world needs them more than you. Oh, well, I just got some kickback there. Uh Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm coming to a close. My last point is your vision must be tied to Jesus and his intended purpose to seek and to save that which That's the purpose. Jesus said, for this cause came I into the world. For this cause. Remember, we cannot lose sight. It's all about souls. It's all about souls. You know what I'm doing tonight as pastoring? I'm feeding people, but I'm reaching for people. I'm searching people. I'm watching people. I'm watching their spirit. I I watch them all through the service. I'm watching how you worship. How you worship is largely uh, determines what's going on inside of you. If if you really can't worship, uh, then, then there's something wrong on the inside. If you can't worship when you're not up front, if you can't worship when you're not on the keyboard, if you can't worship when you're not behind the pulpit, then really something is wrong with you. If you determine, I don't care what position I have or what's going on in my life, I come to worship God. I come to praise Him and magnify His name and give Him glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land. You see, it's when Israel changed. Amen. It's when Israel made things right. He determined, I'm not going to be the same Jacob that I've always been. I'm not going to run to the next location to seek the next new thing. One individual came to me and pastor said, what should I do? And I said, I really don't have a, a, they're they're looking for something spectacular. And I said, I I really don't have any spectacular word for you. Here's what I, here's my word for you. Come to church, be faithful. Pay your tithes and live for God. It doesn't sound spectacular. It's not uh, stars, shooting stars, and no fireworks in it. But just come to church, be faithful, live for God. Come Tuesday morning, to, uh, Wednesday night, come Sunday morning, Sunday night. Amen? Come Wednesday night, 
come Sunday morning, Sunday night. Just be faithful. Just live for God. You say, well, pastor, my problem is not necessarily going away. Man is few days and full of trouble. Everybody's life has some irregularities. We all have something that we're working through. Just come to church. Be faithful. Live for God. Pray. Clap your hands. Sing your songs. Go home. Come back to church. Be faithful. Live for God. Raise your hands. Get behind the preacher. That's what God expects of you. It's when we live from NAYC to NAYC. There will be a lot of people that uh, didn't go to church today that were at, at NAYC running around, had their hands in the air, and they're, they're shouting, and, and they're, they're hollering for Jesus but they don't go to church on Sunday. They won't go to church Sunday night. They won't go to church Wednesday night. It was a lark for them. It was something to do. It was fun. And it, it, there are going to be a lot of people, 37,000 people there. Man, I want to be on the bandwagon. But they don't live for God. They don't pay their tithes. They don't support the church. They don't support the pastor. They're not, they don't have their shoulder to the wheel. They're not there when the days are humdrum and things are not looking good. But when you live for God, sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down but you're always going forward in Jesus name uh, you know NAYC brother Ham has all kinds of fish you pull the net in there's some fish you don't want in there you throw them back that's right it's just those kind of events attract certain people. And I'm not here to badmouth NAYC. I've been blessed at many. I didn't go to this one, but I've been blessed at many. But I know how those events take go. And people say, oh, I'm going. Are you going? And, and it's got, it becomes like the, the apostolic Woodstock. You see anything and everything in those places. But you know what? You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You got to say to yourself, I'm here. I was faithful at home. I was faithful when I went to church at home. I'm going to be faithful here. And when this is over, I'm going to be faithful when I go to church at home. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet if you would. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands to the Lord, would you, right now? Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God right now in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone in here can change their life. You can determine right now, I'm going to change. I'm tired of living this way. I don't have to live this way. The devil is a liar. He says, I have to live.